Thank you so much for joining us on this inaugural episode of TCG Cast, formerly known as Lorcana Cast. Now, we want to make sure everyone who's listening knows we are not going to stop talking about Lorcana. We're just adding some new games into the mix. One of the big reasons we started Lorcana Cast was because we had a team of people who just loved talking about games. And over the course of the last year, as we've recorded multiple episodes, we have continuously been talking about multiple games off the clock. And we decided why don't we just turn that into a brand new podcast? So we're rebranding Lorcana Cast into TCG Cast so that we can talk about games like Lorcana, Star Wars Unlimited, Sorcery, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and so on and so forth. So for this first inaugural episode, we are so excited to announce that we had a chance to interview Jeremy Zwern and Xander from Fantasy Flight Games, two people who are working on the brand new trading card game, Star Wars Unlimited. And we are also very, very thankful for them bringing two special cards that have never before been seen or heard of on this episode. So stay tuned for a great interview with the designers as well as card spoilers for Star Wars Unlimited. All right, everybody, this is a very exciting first episode of TCG Cast. It is the pilot episode, and we are joined by a very excellent crew. We have got Greg and James Reimer here as our co-pilots. How are y'all doing this evening? I see what you did there with the co-pilot and keeping it on the <laughs> we're going to be talking about this episode. But uh, yeah, we're doing great. It's a, it's a wonderful way to liven up my Tuesday evening. So happy to be here. Definitely. Very Star Wars holiday. Super excited about this time of season and with Star Wars Illuminate coming out very, very soon. Yeah. And uh, we've got uh, two uh, scruffy looking nerf herders who smuggled their way onto the show. And uh, we'd like to introduce our friends Xander and Jeremy from Fantasy Flight Games. How are y'all doing? Tell everybody all about yourselves and uh, what y'all been working on with this uh, Star Wars Unlimited game. Yeah, so I'm Xander Tabler. I am the Community Engagement Specialist for FFG. Uh, I am the one who, you know, works with all the content creators who are making such like amazing uh, videos and podcasts and articles about the game already. Uh, with even the limited information that's been out there for the last couple of months. So it's really been cool to see. And a lot of my work revolves around making sure that people in the community have the information that they want uh, and uh, or maybe the information that they need whenever they ask for it. And uh, yeah, and I'm here, you know, just to hang out and chat a little bit about Star Wars Unlimited and join, you know, the real star of the show is Jeremy's Wern over here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm Jeremy. I'm a senior game designer at Fancy Flight Games. So I've been working on Star Wars Unlimited for several years now. I've also worked on... A number of other card games, Star Wars Destiny. I was a lead designer on that game for about a few years. I've also worked on Arkham Horror LCG, Lord of the Rings LCG, a little bit of Marvel Champions LCG. And yeah, it's been a, a blast working on Star Wars Unlimited, so it's great to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. Now, uh, our show used to be very focused specifically on the Lorcana trading card game, and now we're pivoting to talk about all trading card games. So if someone's listening to this episode and they don't know anything about Star Wars Unlimited, what's the elevator pitch? What is the draw that someone listening should, you know, definitely go check out this amazing game? Well, it's a new Star Wars um, trading card game. It's it's a fast-paced game. It's very highly interactive. Uh, you get to take on one of your personality from Star Wars as as a leader, starts some play. So you get to uh, build your deck around uh, a very fun, cool, popular, iconic character from Star Wars and then get to battle against your opponents. It's it's a competitive card game, trying to uh, destroy each other's base, first person to win this game. And yeah, it's, it's a, a game that can be played in many ways. You can play head-to-head, you can do multiplayer, you can play draft or sealed. 
constructed. So a lot of fun ways to play the game. Sorry, are you saying that all of those formats are built like right out of the gate? So we could do like a group game or a tournament or a draft or sealed event like with set one? Uh, yeah, that's definitely a, a goal of this game is to uh, play in multiple ways. And, and yeah, we definitely love playing games in all sorts of different ways. We have a lot of uh, a lot of time and effort put into different formats, so I'm very excited to, to see the players delve into these variety of ways to play the game. Okay, very, very cool. All right, so we are going to do a couple of things in this episode. We have a bunch of questions that we're going to ask uh, the designers, and we've also got a couple of uh, interesting spoilers that we're going to be talking about later in the middle of the show. So definitely keep your ears locked and loaded because it's going to be a banger. So first off, let's kick it over to Greg. You've got a fantastic question to lead off this episode. So uh, let them have it, man. Yeah. So one of my favorite things about trading card games, you know, at large are just kind of the different resource systems that they choose to implement, like how you can pay for the cost of your cards in the game. And so Stars Unlimited is actually pr- pretty interesting because players start with uh, two resource in the resource row. And then, of course, that builds over the course of the game, uh, kind of like a linear progression there. But uh, what is the main reason or reasons, if there's several, for deciding to start players with two resource as opposed to the typical one found in many other card games out there? Yeah, that's a great question. One of the biggest reasons to uh, get more variety on turn one. Uh, if you only start with one resource, a lot of times you don't have a card to play or both players might have nothing, no cards to play, nothing to do. It's just kind of like a bummer if the whole turn one is just pass pass and we're taking issue of pass and all right under round two it's it's fun to have a variety of options so we start with an extra resource so it opens up plenty of options now you can play a two cost card instead of doing nothing turn one or play two one cost cards or a one cost card now hey that card was a villain card i can trigger darth vader's ability cool i can do that as well now instead of just nothing also give a little bit of head starts to the game like you know get your your big expensive cards come a little bit sooner uh, your leader can deploy it maybe a little bit sooner so it can and yeah, if you like the game is progressing a little bit quicker than, you know, starting with just one resource. Also, if somebody does play, if it was only one resource and somebody played like a, a Death Star Stormtrooper turn one, the opponent didn't have anything to do, that's a huge advantage. Like that's a very powerful card to have on your opponent if they do nothing turn one. And then it can really kind of, I don't know, make games harder to come back from if they get a, a quick start like that. It also makes you, sometimes deck building can be very interesting too. Like you don't have to put any one cost cards in your deck if you start with two resources. You just put a bunch of two cost cards. You can still um, optimize your resources, be very efficient. If you only start with one resource, I, mean, I think a lot of decks would put a lot more one cost cards in their deck to try to optimize the resources every round. Which I think, yeah, starting with resources you give more flexibility to players, more deck building options, and and yeah, it kind of ramps up the game a little bit quicker from the from the get go. Yeah, I think those are all some great answers. And uh, one thing that I potentially thought about, and you can tell me if I'm uh, on target or off base with it, is that you know typically uh, when we see the one resource idea in other games, it's like the, the the cost or I guess cost addition to playing two cost cards as compared to the one cards, it's a full one hundred percent like increasing cost there. And so when you start with two resources, uh, it kind of makes the scaling, or at least from an internal design perspective, probably a little bit easier because going from two to three cost is only, you know, a 50% increase, you know, going from two to three. And so like, I think really kind of, you know, what's been an issue in trading card game design in the past is like, you know, having two cost cards being a hundred percent more expensive to play. And it's like, okay, well, is that card a hundred percent better? You know, question mark. And so I think that may be also an interesting factor as well. And of course I, um, you know, wholeheartedly, um, believe that you guys have like this cool, you know, math function running in the background to kind of design <laughs> cost cards, you know, uh, things like that. But of course all, all the other, the suite of the other reasons that you mentioned deck building diversity, 
um, making sure that the tempo doesn't swing too much in one person's favor or another. Um, kind of those reasons as well, just uh, add more to the reason why having the two resources there to start off with just kind of lets you start off the game right in Star Wars Unlimited. And so I think it's really awesome that, you know, you can always kind of start the game, always have things to play. And of course the resource row just being there to always have, you can always choose to come into the resource row and just uh, always makes for some fast paced and exciting games. Yeah. So I'm relatively new to the Star Wars Unlimited hype train, uh, believe it or not. And uh, I'll I'll be honest with you, the, the one card that actually was sort of the gateway for me was seeing I Am Your Father. There was something so thematic and flavorful about that that made me go, wow, I really need to learn about this game. And I've been diving in deep with the uh, TCG cast team here. And I was curious, like, do cards that are thematic, like I Am Your Father, do they start off as kind of bottoms up or tops down? Do you start with the mechanics? Do you start with the flavor of, like, the, the moment from the films? How do you usually go about designing cards? Oh, uh, that card in particular, yes. Yeah, so it was completely just top down. I, I like to try to capture certain moments from Star Wars lore, so that's clearly a very pivotal moment. I'm your father, so it's like, all right, we have a card title. Um, what should that do? What could reflect that? So um, I came up with the idea, like, almost you know, very quickly, which just this kind of weird, silly card effect. Like, huh, like do I try to have the players reenact that moment? Like, would that be too weird, too goofy? I'm like, yeah, probably, but I'll just throw it to my teammates and see what they say. And we were both like, hey, that's, that sounds really interesting. That sounds a lot of fun. Like, yeah, hey, let's try it. So so we kind of started playtesting with it. And, and then, yeah, it seems like a lot of people really gravitated towards the card. It was like, wow, this is really fun. This is cool. It's, it's kind of unexpected. Like, I'm like, all right, if people are really like this, let's just keep going with it. And, and before you know, like, yeah, it seemed like everybody was on board and even you know, everyone on the team, playtesters, higher-ups, like people really seemed to gravitate towards this kind of silly, goofy card that just was fun. So then, yeah, that card just came from the just trying to react the moments in the movies there. And then it was one of the funnest things was going to Gen Con this year for the first time to actually play the game in person and, and then see people play the game. So that card would come up and yeah, playing time is all throughout the weekend. You'd hear people, you know, yelling, no, there goes another one. <laughs> really get into it. Yeah, they really want to yeah, be like, this is their Luke and screaming back. And, and yeah, take that Vader. And so, yeah, it was really cool to see that moment and then have it happen all throughout the weekend. And I went to Fashion Plug recently as, as well. And same thing happened there over and over here. No. So, yeah, that card just seemed to just click right away. It just came out of nowhere and just, wow, to be perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> That's the toughest part about that card for me is that even when it isn't the best play to say no, I'm still so tempted to just scream it. <laughs> yeah. like, I still just want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Now, James, you got to tell us what that card does so people who are listening go, oh, I understand why they're talking about saying no it's your opponent. <laughs> yeah, so it's a three-cost villainy card that says deal one damage to an enemy unit unless its controller says no. <laughs> and if they do, draw three cards. And I thought that was amazing. Uh, it was one of the first cards that I actually really looked at in detail. And from that point on, I've been deep diving into the game, playing as much as I can. Uh, and talking about it with this crew here. So yeah, I think it's a lot of fun to yeah, design cards top down, try to get the theme and flavor in there as much as possible. So, but yeah, sometimes do the opposite. We just need a, just a simple effect in the game, like um, open fire. You know, just using a card that just just simple and steal four damage a unit. And all right, so we have the the mechanic down, just steal four damage a unit. Now let's you know, give a give a theme to it, just a simple you know where stormtroopers shooting. So so we do both. But yeah, I do like to try to do more top down if possible because yeah, we want to make sure themes are important for a lot of people, and we want to really imbue that in the game as much as we can love it love it thanks for sharing that story yeah okay so we talked a little bit about your design for cards using uh, top down bottom up either mechanics first or theme first uh, something that was interesting is when i was at gen con i had a chance to talk to jeremy about the design for the leaders this is a very critical part of the deck building process because your leader provides 
a lot of things to your game experience, your deck building experience. And you were talking a little bit about how the um, representation of the card in the game comes from like a snapshot depending on the source material. So it could be a character during a movie, it could be a character during a television show or a book or a video game or whatever. And you use this interesting term called snapshot where the card design is basically mimicking a snapshot of something happening in the source material. Where did that idea come from, especially since a majority of card games try and have a very singular character that is like an overall representation of a character. And so they're trying to pack like everything into one card. And it definitely feels more like you're taking the, the character as is and segmenting it into like, you know, here's Luke when he fights his dad and gets his hand cut off, or here's a Luke where he's a Jedi, or here's a Luke where he's going to the Tashi station and get some power converters. So you can kind of play around with characters in those moments and not be locked into like, here's this Luke Skywalker for the next like three sets. And you can only do this very specific thing because we're trying to like encapsulate that character. Yeah, it came on I think really early on. We we know this is a car game, so we'd have lots of cars to make. We'll have, you know, three sets a year and then the game should go on for many, many years. So and then yeah, Star Wars is full of awesome, cool characters, but there's clearly some that are super popular that we wanna have multiple versions of. So I think early on we're like, yeah, we can clearly make you know, different versions by just choosing, you know, specific time periods or moments in that character's life. So, like, you mentioned Luke Skywalker. It's a perfect example. Like, yeah, he clearly goes through many different phases as he as he grows up and, and becomes eventually a Jedi. So, instead of one alone, uh, we have Luke's leader, or he's not a Jedi yet, a Sampire Strikes Back version. But then we have a unit version of Luke. Or he's a, he's a Jedi. So yeah, we wanted to make sure each version kind of encapsulated that moment. So I think, yeah, we had just kind of term snapshot moments kind of came along and we're like, yeah, that feels very good to, to help express, you know, each many characters will have multiple versions and a lot of these versions will be different. And one way to show that off is through specific moments. Uh, we have like Han Solo leader in set one. Uh, that's his, you know, smuggler version, uh, kind of classic Han Solo flying the Falcon. Um, but in the future, we'll do other versions. You know, it's pretty much guaranteed we'll eventually do like a, a general solo version and, and various other versions of the upcoming sets. Um, so yeah, it's, just a lot of, it's a fun way to be able to uh, zone in on a certain moments in Star Wars and try to, to design a card around that and show it off. And then um, over the course of many years, you'll be able to put those cards, look at them all individually and as a whole, and uh, maybe you see like an arc potentially, kind of maybe Luke's story arc eventually across many cards, and, and maybe put all those cards in, in one deck. It's up to you. Do you feel that having that flexibility gives you freedom as a designer to express their different variations of characters, or is it maybe a little bit more difficult because you have to make sure you uh, don't, you know, throw everything out too quickly and you definitely save certain abilities and colors and combinations of things. So that way the character is always interesting in the different, you know, iterations as they come out. Cause I'm, I'm sure there could be a red Luke, a blue Luke, a green Luke, a yellow Luke, a neutral Luke. I mean, like there's so many different potential snapshots of his character over the course of many movies and source material that like, I'm so excited to see what you guys come up with, but do you find that to be a hindrance or a help? I find it very helpful. I think it's yeah, much more pressure if we only could do one Luke for the entire game's life or even just for you know, the first year or two. Since so, yeah, it's a lot more pressure to try and nail, I mean, just to choose yeah, which version, like how you, you know, figure that out and try to nail a version with just ideally just one mechanic or one 
one centrally focused idea. So it's much easier to know, no, this is just this one version. We can do another version or plenty of other versions in the future. So we don't have to have as much pressure in Nail and Luke with this one card to define such an iconic character. So yeah, I like to have the flexibility to, and that design card is, I mean, to me, is very easy. It's just, it's always, one of the toughest things is to cut back on your ideas. You have way too many ideas that can fit into a set or whatnot. So I think it's much easier to have the flexibility to design multiple versions and find um, what ideas that fit those versions and trying to cut back all the way down to just like a single idea or mechanic for such a really cool character. Awesome. Yeah, talking more about the rules of the Star Wars Unlimited system itself. Um, of course, the action-based initiative system is... A, a huge selling point of the game. I believe it was uh, present in Star Wars Destiny, a previous game that Fantasy Flight worked on. And so my main question here is, so far, what is your favorite play experience or just interaction between cards or players that has resulted from Star Wars Unlimited's unique initiative system? Oh, uh, yeah. One of my favorite things is if I really want to go take the initiative, go first next round, how much am I willing to give up in the current round to make sure I can do that? I mean, sometimes you have, you know, two or three units that are ready that can attack. You can, you want to, of course, deal as much damage as you can, but if you really want to take the initiative, Sometimes you have to give up some of those actions to make sure you can before your opponent takes the initiative. So uh, it can be a lot of fun mind games, trying to predict what your opponent's going to do, like how badly they want to take the initiative, how much do you think they're willing to give up. Are they willing to give up one attack? Probably two attacks? Maybe. Three attacks? Unlikely, but I don't know. It, it depends. You know, it can really have to adapt to the moment and, and try to predict what your opponent's going to do. Then, yeah, sometimes it depends on what cards are in hand as well. Like, that can be... Do they have... Like a cunning in hand that going first can be very powerful to exhaust a couple of opponent's units and maybe you know, bounce the third units as well. It can be such a great, you know, first action play to, to do for a round. So sometimes you, yeah, trying to predict what's in their hand or trying to bluff what's in my hand, even just bluffing too. That's something that I like too. You, you can pass. That's one of the funnest things to do, just to pass out of nowhere and your opponent's like, wait, what? Why? <laughs> Why are you doing that? And like, like, am I bluffing, or is there a reason I'm doing that? Like, sometimes it's it's hard to know. So uh, I love the even the, the pass option sometimes can be, be, be the opposite, where it's like I want to uh, you know glean some more information or you know make them play a unit so I can use my removal spell on that unit this turn. But my opponent might not know that, so they're like, hmm, like what are you doing? You or else maybe I have nothing at all. I'm just you know yeah, just pass just to try to make them do something um, suboptimal play. And so the initiative system works a lot of cool ways like that, where you can definitely you know, it depends on the moments. And then on, the, on your opponent, the players, and and then sometimes mind games can can play a factor in it. I think the pass out of nowhere is pretty funny, especially because <laughs> you know when you, when you do it, it's like okay, well, you know, if they choose to pass, then we're both kind of just at square, you know, step one again, where we you know get our cards, get our resource, and like I, I'm sure that there's definitely those pivotal moments during gameplay where it's like, yeah, if they choose to pass in return, then I'm completely fine with kind of what's currently on the table. I'm comfortable with. You know, kind of my hand, my resources, my cards on field, you know, both in land and space. And so, yeah, no, I think you definitely highlighted really well just kind of all the intricacies. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more in the set and, you know, in in further um, boosters for Star Wars Unlimited. But, you know, just at a baseline, like there's just so much here as well. Yes, Andrew, do you have anything you want to chime in about? Oh, yeah, I, uh, I would definitely say for the like. Some of my favorite stuff with the back and forth action system. I think you know, uh, it's no secret that Grand Admiral Thrawn is my favorite leader in set one. Um, and just being able to, uh, for those who don't know, his ability is to pay you. You know the top cards of you and your opponent's decks. 
and you can reveal one of them and pay one resource to exhaust a unit that costs equal to or less than that. Um, and just forcing your opponent into suboptimal plays because they think you might be able to exhaust their biggest unit uh, is some of my favorite like mind games like Jeremy was mentioning is like if if I can get you to think that I'm going to do something bad to you you might try to react in a different way and I might not have even the option to but it's just keeping you on your toes the entire game uh, and making you make play suboptimally is some of the best parts of this game because it's not the game doesn't come down to always what you played but what order you played and how you played them and I think that's probably like the most unique thing about the game so this one's for Xander um when it comes to TCGs, community is one of the biggest factors for me in terms of building it locally. I'm sure I'll be doing the same with Star Wars Unlimited. Uh, you guys have been doing an amazing job cultivating it so far between the live streams, just being transparent about how product will work. And I'm curious, just like, what are your top priorities in terms of cultivating a healthy community for Star Wars Unlimited? And what's sort of your dream scenario of everything playing out the way you want it to when it launches? Yeah, great, great question. I... So top priorities, I have always said uh, that we want to make sure that this community is a very welcoming and opening open space. We don't want this to ever feel like there's this in-group of people that have been playing for playing or watching or been a part of this since the beginning. And then there's people that are hopping on in this two very separate groups. We want to make sure that everyone's coming in, getting the love and resources that they want, they're looking for in a community. Because uh, that's what you want. You want to be welcomed. You want to be a feeling like you're a part of something bigger than you as you're playing this game. It is competitive, but there's so much community to be built around it. Uh, and some of my, like, uh, like the dream scenarios is I honestly, I, I want everyone to see us as a part of that community. I don't want it to ever feel like fantasy flight games, uh, or Asmodee as a whole is, uh, is just like, you know, we're putting out product and we're telling you, Oh, here's the rules. And then we're having, letting you go and have fun and, do nothing like we're not saying anything else we're just letting it happen um it's very much been a goal of ours to make sure you know who we are who what people's personalities are like what cards they like to play with all, all the fun things from people that like are also wanting to play this game with you all um and so that's been really fun and going to a bunch of conventions we were just at pax and plug earlier this month jeremy myself and it was so much fun getting to sit down with people and uh really crank through some games with the demo decks and while it was a limited card pool it's just great like getting to talk to people about, hey, I saw you on the live stream. I really enjoyed this X, Y, and Z, or I loved seeing this card. Is there more things coming and answering the questions as much as we can and really getting into it and, and enjoying this idea of like, we are all excited for this release and it's not just us putting out a product. We are a part of this community as well. And so I, my definitely a dream scenario is that everyone sees that uh, from uh, from our side of things. It's beautiful. Well, we're definitely seeing it. Uh, honestly, that's one of the other things besides the amazing card design that sold me on this game. It's been the community and how you guys have approached that with so much care and just so much uh, thoughtfulness with the live streams, with the transparency products, how, uh, how packs are going to open up, how you guys thought about draft. Uh, it's just all amazing so far. So really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's been really fun. And I, I Jeremy's probably sick of me dragging him around to events. <laughs> <laughs> That's enough, yeah. He's yeah, dragging it. Jeremy to all the events. I, <laughs> I'm trying to, you know, I the whole team. Will. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's been fun traveling with the whole team, too. It's It's been really cool to see, like, fans from other game, old games coming back. And, uh, you know, just as we slowly build up this community, I mean, we've got such a great community of content creators around the game already and it's i mean we're two and a half months from release so it, wow I <laughs> Can't wait. yeah oh, i do man. want to kind of add on to james point as well where it's like you guys are doing all this stuff pre-launch too because i know that some games kind of go for like a more like stealthy approach where it's like all right they just like shadow drop the game and then they you know start being more involved in doing all this cool 
you know, kind of bombastic stuff later on, but like, this is all just coming out before, you know, the game comes out for one big, you know, push. And like, that's not even to talk about any of the other stuff. Cause I'm sure that you guys are cooking some great stuff for when the set releases. So yeah, I, I commend both of you just for, uh, yeah, making appearances, uh, letting yourself be known and heard and, uh, yeah, just kind of feeling in- included as Andrew was saying, included with the rest of the community and not just, the entity or the company that makes the game and just like everyone else is below, you know, below them kind of just like the company watching down on all the players. It's a, uh, it feels like you guys are kind of uh, adding yourself into the mix and uh, yeah, being a part of the community as well. So great job. Thank you. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Speaking of which we've been invaded by uh, another co-host podcaster. That's going to be Mr. Uh, James Skeff. He somehow got through the airlock and the uh, well robot droids we set up, but it's okay. He's here. <laughs> Can't stop this <laughs> beard. This beard is no, yeah, the, the beard is fists. You can't see something. it, but it is very impressive, I promise you. You're not a Force user, are you? Uh, no, I'd be more related to the, to the Wookiee race than anything. <laughs> okay, this makes way more sense. So how are you doing, man? How have you been? I'm doing, I'm doing better than I deserve. Excited about the Star Wars Unlimited since Gen Con. So, yeah, this has been phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. Like, kudos to Jeremy Zander, the entire crew. Uh, Want to say, like, been playing FSG games since x-wing days like 2013 now so but of every game you've ever released this what you've done and put into the upcoming release of this game uh hands down the most impressive thing i've ever seen yeah thank you yeah I agree. Thank you so much. now you've got a question for uh xander that i think is going to make a lot of collectors very interested so, yeah uh, let's go ahead and hear tap, this one let me go tap into my my, my bit of a. Uh, you know, being a degenerate side here of just cracking packs <laughs> endlessly. Um, as like Jim Cartwright says, like I'm going to order a uh, uh, pallets of product. So um, I was curious, the concept of this insane showcase, which I think is one every 12 boxes of hitting one. We don't know how many you're going to have in the set. I have a guess of how many things you're going to have in the set, but one of X of one of every 12 boxes is an insane hit rate. I was curious, where did that idea come from? And like, who kind of like, we should make an insane case hit. So everyone has to buy and open this insane product for like this great search and hunt of a card. Yeah. Uh, I know Jeremy can jump in a little bit about this on maybe who came up with it, but I know at least why the idea is there, uh, which is, you know, we've talked about uh, our C3OP or organized play plan, which is, you know, connect, collect, compete. Uh, are a big three. And so, you know, in OP, it's obvious that we went to want to organize things around, you know, connecting with the community, casual play, all those different pieces where you go to your local store and get to hang out with people, play the game, enjoy yourself, try different formats. And then we also have, you know, the competing side, those that really want that part of a TCG where you're going head to head at like the highest level, going for major prizes and things like that. And it's going to be super exciting. But we also, again, have the third part, which is the collectors. Um, And this this is an obviously a, a nod to all the collectors out there that are looking for a game that there are those those huge chase cards. Because, yeah, like you said, one in 12 boxes. Uh, I know I'm going to be on the hunt for one as well. Um, I'm not I'm not going to get greedy and say I'm going to look for more than one. I'm just I'm just hoping for one. Uh, but well, you I might know somebody, right? You might know. Somebody. I'm, I'm hoping I know somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so it's. It's one of those things where there's what what are those collectors working towards? If they're trying to collect all these different cards and variants of cards, what is that holy grail like for world or for a galactic championship for the competitive side or your store showdown on the casual side? What is that that top tier prizing? And it makes sense to have, you know, these really cool versions of the centerpiece of your deck. So if you pull one and you do want to play, you can show off this ma- amazing piece that 
only a few people are going to have that one. Um, like, I, I don't know the number, but it's, it's going to be something really special to be able to show off in your collection or while you're playing. Um, and it's, it's almost like a symbol of like, wow, I, I've really dove in as a collector of this game and it's, this is why it's important to me. And again, it's the centerpiece of your deck. There's so many leaders in the game, um, over the sets. And so it's really cool to have like this person that you are obviously, you really either like their style of play or that character is important to you. Um, and to have that be the representation of that card, uh, is really cool. Yeah, I think one of the biggest things about uh, showcase cards is we want something to really generate excitement when you open packs. So something that's just really cool moments when it happens. Um, so leaders are integral to the game. They're very important. Uh, you get to choose one to build your deck around. They start and play. They're very cool, iconic Star Wars characters. Um, they're pretty easy to get. Normal leaders. There's you know one per pack. A bunch are common. So we wanted something really cool to to I don't know encourage people to to yeah keep playing the game finding cool stuff. So when you open packs, leaders, quite easy to get, but we wanted an altered take on that where a really cool version that's you know, very special and different. And then, yeah, very memorable when you do get one. So they're they're still just mechanically identical to the, the normal versions. So we don't want to make sure they're, you know, restricted by doing exclusive mechanical cards like that or anything. So it's all pretty much upside. Um, you, know, um, you get the leaders normally pretty easily, but then... These showcase versions are just purely extra. If you do get one, it's a really cool, awesome moment. You want to you tell your friends or, you know, go post online, look what I got, and then be able to play that card. is is really fun to be able to sit down and have your showcase card right in front of you when you have hopefully your favorite character, ideally. And, and yeah, it's just a, a way to generate more really cool excitement for the game. No, I like it. It truly is. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan. Like, I, I, other people have talked about it, but I'm like, as soon as you release that, I was like, oh, no. Oh no! There goes all my money. All right, we we know where it's going now. All right, phenomenal. All right, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> and you just empowered somebody. Yeah, right. It's just it's about to go down. We're gonna crack these packs like Willy Wonka. Um, <laughs> and you only seen one showcase. So which which leader so far are you like most excited to see that showcase? The next it'll be Palpatine. Thrawn. Palpatine. Thrawn. Thrawn. Papa Palpatine. Oh, I don't know about that. Is he a leader? Who, who knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> blink. Wait, wait. Blink twice if I'm right. <laughs> also, the fact <laughs> that the showcase wait, is audio. Oh, no. Yeah, but also the fact that the showcase is your leader card as well, where it's like, it's not like a, a single card that's like shot or slotted and shuffled into the deck. It's right. like, you know, I, the showcase is like this it's, uh, to be like the literal showcase, showcase of the game. It's like you're front and center right. on your game board. It's like with this the game is the box that's in there I, as well. Yeah. Right. I oh, pulled the one in 12, cool. you know, yeah. or I'll, right. It's just I am a, happy I don't have to shuffle that. Around. That does make me happy. I don't have to shuffle that exactly. one in 12 box <laughs> card. That would yeah. be. Why is one card of your deck in a top loader? Don't worry about it. Don't worry. I'm going to keep <laughs> shuffling. Don't worry about that card. No, that you know that sucker's going to be slabbed like PSA 10. <laughs> in the <laughs> deck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, I have a guess. I think there are going to be, I think it's going to be like six, four or six showcases, but that's just my guess. Like kind of like one for each color. But I'm excited to see when you guys finally do reveal what one looks like in person. I'm like biting at the teeth, waiting for like what a, what, what a foil looks like. And what a showcase looks like in person. Oh, yeah, that's right. You said in the article there's a different kind of foiling on those cards. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited for us to show this off. And the new year is right around the corner. So get excited. You know, we will be throwing off foil at some point here Yay! in the new year. Finally, yeah, foil. Was... Finally. Oh, I know. I finally seen one in the uh, office and it's, uh, it, it was awesome. So get excited. <laughs> okay. I'm excited. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I am ready. I'm sitting down. 
<laughs> All right. Well, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to have uh, some Star Wars Limited spoilers with a live reaction because uh, Jeremy and Xander have some stuff to tell us about. We don't know what it is. So stay tuned and we'll be right back. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of TCG Cast. We appreciate each and every one of our listeners for joining us on this week's episode. If you'd like to help the show out, definitely make sure to follow us on our social media accounts, such as Twitter and Facebook at TCG Cast. Also, you can help support the show by picking up your trading card game accessories and singles at our sponsor, alchemistrefuge.shop. This is one of our favorite places to pick up cards for Lorcana, Pokemon, Magic the Gathering, and soon, Star Wars Unlimited. All the information and more will be in the show notes. So thanks again for joining us, and let's get back into this episode. All right, welcome back, everybody. Now is the fun time. We are going to get told... What some of these new cards are, we we don't know anything. Just to preface, we don't know absolutely anything. We are going to get a full reveal here. So we're going to kick it off with Xander. You've got the first. What is this card you want to reveal to all of the listeners? Yeah, so this is one that I, I personally really enjoy. Uh, this is called the Pirated Starfighter. Uh, it is a space unit, as you would assume. Uh, it is a two-cost cunning unit. Um, it's two power and four HP with the underworld vehicle and fighter traits. Uh, and any any guess, a pirated starfighter, what what it might do? Uh, tap resource? No, that's way too powerful. Oh, that's way too. But no, it's a two for a two four. That's already phenomenal for the ratio cost. It is. Um, that's some sort of drawback, right? It has. Like, you have to tap one of your own characters to play it? You're very close. So it's got raid one. So it's actually, you know, on offense, a 3-4. It's a 3-4. Uh, but when played, you have to return a friendly non-leader unit. <gasps> I am close. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that has to be a friendly non-leader unit, uh, including that unit. So if this is the first unit you play, you would have to return this one to its hand. Uh, so it's not really a turn one play by any means, but it is one of those ones where... If you have a really strong on play uh, or one played ability, uh, you might be able to let you know get another use out of it if you got the resources and uh, the know how to do it. Uh, so it's really fun for that. Or it's you know return something that's damaged to hand and then play it again fully you healed. You can do this with Bodhi, you monster. <laughs> yeah, so it's super fun. Uh, I I think it's really fun like play. It. and a lot of like you know cunning when played abilities can hit and uh it makes it really fun to just you know get get a little get a little extra juice out of some of those cards oh my god it works really well with shielded characters too because you can oh oh no oh there's lots of stuff oh my god oh fuck oh yeah 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 yeah. It's a really, really good card. Wow. Especially Cunning has a lot of one-turn drops. Well, and one it, caught, one caught, like. it's a healer mm-hmm. because all that damage that was stacked on, it just falls right off when you return the card to your hand. It's a healer that's also a 2-4 with raid 1. So it's a 2-4 with raid 1. I do have one question. Uh, if you return one of your units back to your hand and that unit has an upgrade, does the upgrade to go back into your hand? No. It's defeated. Okay. Ooh, black there may 1 be upgrades. got real good. Yeah, there may be upgrades that your pawn plays on your units, and those would be defeated. So, in some ways, that can be a good thing. Okay. 
That's true. Yeah, if there if there are negative upgrades on that unit, then that's one way to get rid of it. Okay, but you can't. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, awesome. somebody entrenches oh. your uh, favorite character. Maybe you're both right. You just put it back in your hand. You get uh, untap it. Like if someone plays the outmaneuver Sugi, I'm gonna play this card. Wait, put the card back in my hand. Did you just say you could play uh, upgrades on other people's units? Yes, they're, they're, you're, they're, I guarantee there'll be upgrades that give you like your this character now has negative two, negative two, and you can play it on any unit. Okay, this just got it. Man, there's actually a lot of tricks you can do. Oh, oh, I like that. It's, so that's it's a, cunning. It's a two-costed mm-hmm. cunning. Is it? Uh, is that it? Like, it's uh, yeah. not hero or villain? Yep, right. just cunning, so you can oh. throw it in way. Oh, it's a neutral. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Hmm. You, can go, you, can, you can go ahead and return that Leia back in your hand and play it again. Do, to do, more not, do not do that. Just stop. <laughs> that seems really good. Why would I? Just, that I I've had that Leia turn off my Vader and Palpatine way yeah. too many times. Phenomenal. No. <laughs> so good. Leia just no. points and laughs at your Vader. No. Phenomenal. No. That, the strongest no. thing in the galaxy. Leia just like, no. ha-ha. No. <laughs> ne- negative, Captain. You're, you're breaking <laughs> up. I can't hear you. You're not coming over the comms. Wow. <laughs> What's the rarity on that card? That is an uncommon card. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow. Oh, my gosh. What in the world? How are we feeling yeah, about three, that in draft? Yeah, three, a 3-4 three, for uh, two seems good. Seems really good for draft. It's tricky because it's a combo piece. You need some, like, low. I mean, it's it's, it's good. You can it's, draft some one cost thing. Right? You can't bounce your leader. That makes sense. Also, you can, you can use any color in draft, can't you? No, you have to use the same three colors. Never mind. That that is a good question. Can we talk about that? Uh, the colors for draft is it just sta- standard two? Yeah, we can talk about that. that it's, okay. it's the same deck building restrictions as yeah. So just whatever color your leader and um, base location have is what your base. Okay, yeah, base and leader. That's what you get to really draft. Each booster pack has a base and a leader, correct? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, you'll you'll be able to get whatever you need out of that combination. Wow, man, a two drop cycler. That's that's nutty. I thought you all would enjoy that one. I told you I wasn't gonna let you down when I picked up. <laughs> I did. My brain is like, oh, all the oh options. Oh my god! Phenomenal. You can delicious, recycle delicious regional governor, and you can like just make. Oh my god! So for those who don't know, regional governor is a uh, two-drop blue card that says, "One play, name a card." Well, this unit is in play. Opponents can't play that named card. So if you find out that they just don't have that card, you could play this um, this cunning card. Recycle the governor back to your hand, play it again, name another card, and now they're just locked out of the game. It's basically a pithic needle from Magic. Oh, that's so nasty. Wow. <laughs> oh. You also bounce your cantina bouncer to bounce one of their units back. Yeah, you could do a bouncer. Bouncy um, bounce. ISB agent just got really nasty, too. Yeah, just more more damage. Yeah. yeah it just, it just, it's a great, um, it's cunning. Like, like, Jeremy said the best. Like it's just like, oh, I can do many things right now. Oh my god, General Tog, you could give experience token up to three trooper units. Like just play it next turn, bounce it, play it again. I was like, here's just six experience tokens casually. Just yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. What really good. That's that. That's just nasty. Okay, okay. It's a combo enabler. I love it. All right, yeah, I'm I'm jamming. Okay, I've already got some my like, deck ideas going. I need to stop. We'll never get out of here. Uh, Jeremy, what is the second <laughs> card you guys have got for us today? Oh, <laughs> uh, yes, Jar Jar Binks. No, 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 <laughs> no, not not yet. Please God, oh. yes, not yet. No, no, This is called Force Throw. Oh. <gasps> Ooh! Come on, be like Destiny. It's a one-cost event. 
That's a single aggression aspect. It's uncommon. Um, uh, you, guys, you guys, like Xander said, you want to take any guesses what it does? Uh, you choose one of your units, and then you defeat that unit, and it deals damage to an opponent's unit. Equal to its power. Equal to its power. Ooh. That's my guess as well. All right. Yeah, not not far off. Um all right, use the text. Choose a player. That player discards a card from their hand. Then, oh. if you control a force unit, you may deal damage to a unit equal to the cost of the discarded card. Wow. That seems really good when you play like an eight attack space unit oh for one. Oh my god. That seems good. Seems good. Cost of one, I'm gonna two. Deal, I'm going to deal. I'm going to deal. We got to have a force unit in play, though. Force unit has to be in play. Right. For the second part, yeah. For the second the damage half. part. The first half, yeah. uh, that player will discard a card of their choice in their hand, no matter what. But then the That's second cool. half. Yeah, you Man, well, worst case, a, it's a one cost, one for one, and then it's just it's just all great. You have a four. Yeah, it's free damage. I I really like that card. That's oh my cool. gosh, that's is it is it aggression, but just just red, right? Just single red, a single aggression. Yeah. Oh, you can go okay. either side, both cards. Yeah, the red orb, yeah, that's good. Oh. I mean, it's good because you want to have those staple like one drop event cards to for hero or villainy. That's phenomenal. It's a great one drop. Great one aggressive one drop. That is disgusting. Okay, so so, so I think think about this. Think about this. You've got Bodhi, who's a three cost double cunning. So if you're doing different aspect color, it's going to cost you five. Uh, he says when he's played, look at an opponent's hand and discard a non unit card from it. So you can slowly pick out non unit cards. Then you could play the spaceship we just talked about to put him back into your hand and play him again. And then say you're building like a, a hand control with like Vader, uh, something else, who knows? You can use Force Throw to force them to ditch a card. And then with Vader online, you've potentially already been blowing out cards from their hand using Bodhi loops. And then they're just trapped with really good high end cards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's nasty. And it's one. It's just out of nowhere. Hey, you. You lose a card, I lose a card. Oh man! And it can wait, both people both people lose a card. So no. I mean, like you play the card, you play Push. the force throw from your hand, and then the right. opponent loses a card. So it's a it's a net zero. You don't like okay. force them to discard right. two. Okay, but like for one resource, you're you're just chewing out their options, and then if you use cards like Bodhi, where you get to look at their hand and strip away non unit cards that just gets more and more aggressive and you're limiting the options the opponent has because if they have like four cards in their hand and they use Bodhi, now they have three cards in their hand and then you use force throw. Now they have two cards in their hand. You are severely pulling away, you know, their options. They're essentially at 50% capacity from where they were at the start of the turn. That's uh, it's pretty gross. Yeah, it can be very gross. There was one moment I was playing against Danny a while back, um, he had an Avenger in play. Of course, yeah, massive, huge, powerful unit. You need to get rid of, get rid of it. Otherwise, you'll probably lose the game pretty quickly. Um, but I was able to stall the game long enough. I had Force Throw in my hand for quite a while. I was waiting, waiting until trying to get him down to a single card in hand. That way, he's forced to to maybe have a huge, expensive card in hand that can deal a lot of damage. Uh, so wait until the right moments till he has a single card left. So I play Force Throw. I had my Force Unit in play. And then force him to discard a card, a ten cost card to <laughs> deal ten damage to Avengers. So I was like, that felt great. Oh my god! Because you you also have like think about cunning. So it's the four cost event. 
uh, one of the options is opponent discards a random card from their hand. There's a lot of ways to get cards out of the opponent hand. What else is there? Oh, Spark of Rebellion. Look at an opponent's hand, discard a card from it, a two cost. So, I mean, like, depending on the curve, you could do a two cost, discard a card, a three cost, Bodhi, a four cost cunning they're they're not holding on to many cards and then you just you know pop them with a force throw and their hand is just toast that's disgusting wow did you design that card um i don't remember that one some um might have been by committee or else yeah someone else did it okay but yeah it was definitely a top down like yeah you take try to throw something at a unit's Instead of throwing a unit at a unit, it's just, you know, a card in hand and or potentially if you have a force unit to yeah. take the card and yeah, throw it at this unit and take a bunch of damage. I, I just love the fact you have so many different tools to combo that because there's ways to return cards back to the opponent's hand. And if that's the only card they have, then you can force throw it right back into them. Uh, but I mean, at the worst, it's still one for one, like hand control. I never thought you would do that so early in a set. I'm very impressed that you're going going very cool control options where you can have like mid-range control, you can have damage control like with removal threats, and then just interesting hand control with, you know, like Bodhi is great. Uh, I'm super much in love with Bodhi, but like you have Bodhi, Spark of Rebellion, Cunning, so many ways to strip your opponent's hand of options and just keep them really low to the ground on threats. And then, you know, if they just happen to have a big card in their hand, you know about it because you're playing Thrawn or whatever. Just throw it at their face. Cool beans. Woohoo. <laughs> yeah. Let's give you draw two cards around. So, um, yeah, usually want to resource one of those cards, but not always. So, uh, hand discard, discard can be strong, but your opponent can draw two cards around, keep them not resource. So, um, generally twice as much as a lot of other card games do. So, it can be good, but, you know, you can also uh, draw back up fairly easily as well so it's definitely a fine balance you don't want to push hand disruption too much because it can be very you know, it just feels bad to play against but we also want to have tools there for uh, potential you know whatever decks might arise combo decks or who knows just have options there to, to for players to have it on hand if they if they think they need them i i love it thank you so much for bringing those cards to the show i really appreciate just how synergistic and really fun they are <laughs> yeah you're welcome and they're yeah. the best aspects just saying <laughs> oh, hold on, wait, hold, okay, hold on. Right. Hold on now. Oh, you're gonna start a civil war here, man. Um, they are correct. Those are that is an accurate. Oh thing. no, 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 no. What? What? No, no the, love for the Blue. One A, one B. Of speed and power, and then the rest kind of just fall in line. Yeah. I'm just letting you know. If you lose to me at Worlds because you you bring that and I bring this, uh, I'm just gonna remind you of this this recording right here, right now. I know. I'll make sure, and I'll make sure to let you let you hold the trophy. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> cutting, cutting vigilance. Those are the cards, my man. Those are the colors. Blue, blue, yellow control all the way. Gross. All right. Well, let's get back into the questions. We've got a couple more before we get on out of here. Uh, Mr. Reimer, I know you've got another one. So why don't you uh, take the lead here? So outside of geeking out about TCGs, uh, I'm also a designer in tech. So I design software and apps. You guys design cards. So I'm always curious about um, just like the story behind cards and basically how they got to their final state. I'm curious if there are any of the revealed cards that were entirely different before. Either they were broken or they just weren't good enough. And sort of the story of how they became how they are today. 
either like the interactions that led to making making it simpler, making it stronger, making it weaker. Any cards that stand out? Uh, yeah, there's a number of them. I think uh, some of the cards that had seen the most changes throughout the course of design development would be the legendary events that are the namesakes, the vigilance, command, aggression, cunning cards. Each of those cards has you know four different abilities. So it's a lot of dials a turn. So we uh, try a lot of different variations of, I believe, all four cards throughout the course. Lots of different effects, numbers, whatnots. Uh, one of them used to cost less. There's only three costs. Another one cost five costs. I mean, abilities are different, of course, different values or sometimes different effects. So this one's kind of all over the place. So the course of testing, eventually we wanted to make it feel more cohesive as a whole, as a cycle. So having them all be four costs, all have four different abilities, felt natural and to really show off the, what the aspects can do. Very defining cards that uh, encourage players to play yeah, a single aspect since it's very easy to build a deck with you know multiple aspects. We want to have enough cards to uh, encourage players to at least try building decks with a, a single aspect to do that. And uh, these cards we feel hopefully have done that. So I think, yeah, some turned out maybe a little better than others, but um, they're very exciting cards. Some of them are quite powerful. And they went through, yeah, lots and lots of changes. Like, I lost track how many times to change those effects and numbers on those cards. But all in all, I think if they end up in a fairly good spot, yeah, definitely would. We'll, we'll see in the end what how they play as a whole with the, the full card pool revealed. But, but yeah, those ones went through a number of changes. Love it, love it. it just I'm curious, were there any characters that, you know, iconic characters like Vader or Luke, any of those that, that had a similar journey? Or is it mostly kind of the aspect-specific cards? Oh, there's, there's a few characters as well. Um, and definitely Luke units went through a number of changes. Even Luke leader definitely went through some changes as well. Luke units probably more changes, trying to find something that felt very, very epic, legendary, very Luke. Jedi Luke especially. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I went through quite a few redesigns and major tweaks and changes until we came up with the current version. Love that. Were, were Luke invaded the leaders from the Stutter deck? Were they um, designed together so that, like, one obviously does a shield, one does a ping damage, so they kind of are balanced there? Or was that sort of just coincidental that the two of them just worked together like that? Oh, it was definitely intentional, yeah. From, from, from the get-go, we wanted something like that feel more interactive, more trading back and forth, kind of almost like slights every fight in some ways, or dueling. So, yeah, there's definitely intentional from the get-go, and I think they turned out pretty well. Love it, love it. All right, so our last question for the show is uh, something that I think is the most, probably one of the most interesting things about Star Wars Unlimited, and that is the ground arena and the space arena. So for people who don't know, if you're versed in trading card games, you think about like Magic, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon, generally you're playing on a singular field. You play your resources in one lane and you play your characters and cards and a Pokemon, whatever, in another lane. And there's just kind of player on player action. In Star Wars Limited, you both have a base with a health total that you're trying to whittle down. You have a space arena where you can only play space units. You have a ground arena where you can only play ground units. And then you have a little zone in the middle where your leader is just there with a passive ability. And then if you hit a certain threshold, you can take an epic action and bring that leader onto the battlefield as a ground unit. So the question I've got is where did that idea come from? Because it's quite different from a majority of trading card games usually like i said earlier you're kind of playing on a singular plane of existence and this game has two like 2.5 if you count the leader in their little leader zone but like you actually have to build your deck around 
do I bring more ground units? Do I bring more space units? Do I focus completely on a space deck or a ground deck or a hybrid? Or There's so many different deck building opportunities and then actually playing that out is absolutely fascinating. I think very, very diverse. Yeah, that came about right away. Like uh, One core thing is theme and trying to show that off as best we can. And, and Star Wars has uh, you know, a tremendous scale. You can have a little Ewok on the ground compared to a you know, massive capital ship out in space. Like We want to encapsulate as much of that as you could. So in order to do that, it felt natural to at least have some sort of division between the very small units compared to massive ships. So it's, it's pretty natural. It's just you... Like two different zones, two different arenas, one that's focused on the ground, one in space. And yeah, I also love kind of games that have a spatial aspect, something a little bit different where you have, you know, multiple zones or whatnot. So I was a, a huge fan of that from the get go to, to try something like that in this game. And yeah, it also leads, like you said, lots of cool, interesting decisions of just deck building, how many ground units versus space units, and then cards that can ignore arenas, you know, just even just events that deal damage to any unit play, like you get to choose. Um, what zone to maybe focus on or to react to what your opponent's doing. But yeah, it came right away. Mostly the biggest, one of the biggest things was theme, just to help show that off. But also, yeah, like a lot of us are fans of, you know, games with space, uh, spatial aspects. And this seemed like a perfect chance to incorporate that into this game. And, and yeah, it is a little bit different. You know, some games have done in the past, but um, much more games have, like I said, just a, just a universal single zone. And so this is a, a fun way to, you know, do something a little bit different and also incorporate theme in a, a pretty good way. Awesome. Well, before we get on out of here, does anyone have any last questions uh, before we wrap up this episode? Yes. So the Leia Showcase card, the set's 250 cards, but the Leia Showcase card is number 260. I don't have a question. I would just make a statement. That's all. I was just curious. <laughs> <laughs> just pointing out things. Oh, my just, God. Fishing. You know, I just, if you want to just fishing for things, that's all. No, they're, they're not going to answer that. You know they're not going to answer that. These are trained I know. professionals. I just want to make a statement. Just a statement okay. was made okay. that okay. there is a weird number. <laughs> That was it. That's a good thing to notice. That's what that's what I can say about that. Right? Is, you, you know that. Yeah, uh, you. Good observation. Good yeah. job. Right? I can, this Wookiee can learn. They're, they're just they already told us January and beyond is what we're looking for. Right? January. January. <laughs> Can't wait. All right. Well, before we get on out of here, I want to kick it one last time back to Xander and Jeremy. Uh, is there anything else you guys want to let our listeners know about Star Wars Unlimited? Especially uh, tell us a little bit more about like the date, where we can uh, pick stuff up, because we've got a lot of people who may or may not know about Star Wars Unlimited, and they want to get a little bit more information on where they can get their hands on this stuff, where they can start playing, and you know what to expect maybe at a casual or an OP level. Yeah. So uh, the game is Star Wars Unlimited. The website is also StarWarsUnlimited.com, so all of our articles go live on there. Uh, We'll have more things going live in the new year on that website, but right now it's uh, mainly just articles putting out a little information about the game and what you can expect. Uh, You can also follow us for all of our card reveals uh, and also articles and any any other news uh, at UnlimitedFFG. That's what it is on all of our socials, Facebook, Twitter, uh, and Instagram. And so... Yeah, I, I think uh, we'll, we'll be chatting more in the new year about organized play and what that looks like and some of the kits and things like that. We have actual products in the studio that we'll be able to, you know, open up on stream and uh, talk about in articles and things. And so uh, I would just leave on the note that, yeah, make sure you're uh, following us. And uh, the new year is going to be even more fun than we've already had. And it's been a really great ride so far. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Of course. Thanks for being here. Yeah, hopefully Xander will dream me some more events and get to see you in person. That's the plan. Yeah. 
We got some. Have, have you guys have you guys announced any upcoming events yet? Uh, we have a full list of events on our uh, on our website. Uh, we have a schedule of them, and we're going to keep that updated through uh, like past launch as well. Uh, Phenomenal. And so, yeah, if you are ever curious about where you might be able to catch us at a at a big event, uh, that'll be the first place that we announce it is in that article. Um, that'll just keep getting updated. Um, and I was also going to just mention that, yeah, if you're curious about the game, you're already hooked, you know, hearing Jeremy talk about it and the passion that we've got behind the project has got you hooked and you're ready to order, uh, go talk to your local game store. That's where we're really pushing the game. Um, we want you to, you know, be a part of the community there. So that's where you can find it. And uh, pre-release is March 1st, followed by the full release on March 8th. That is not far away. Oh, my gosh. It is not. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy's stuff on set one is already done. That's what they're like. Oh yeah, we're just excited for it to happen. I was like, I got so much work to do before uh, March hits. So <laughs> it's it's gonna be fun though. That is gonna be a lot of fun. Well, thank Definitely. you again so much for coming on. We are very grateful, and we hope to see you guys soon, either in person or on another podcast. But yeah, everybody, go check out uh, Fantasy Flight Games, Star Wars Unlimited. We are going to be playing a lot. Uh, James Skeff is going to be breaking a lot of boxes. And uh, we'll just, I guess, buy what his so leftovers many YouTube are. videos on the box. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll get his leftovers. There we are. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll buy your bulk, Skeff. Don't worry, we got you. Yes, I will have lots of bulk to move. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, thanks for joining us here on TCG Cast, our pilot episode where we are gunning through the Star Wars galaxy, talking about a amazing game coming out in just a few months. We will see everyone very soon. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of TCG Cast. Make sure to follow us on all of our social media at TCG Cast on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you're looking to pick up a brand new set of trading card game singles or accessories, go check out our sponsor, alchemistrefuge.shop. This is where we pick up all of our supplies, and we highly recommend you should too. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode. We'll see everybody next time. And remember, play games and have fun.